Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. If he hits it with his stick above his head. You're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. Oh, that's some good uh, description there from <laughs> Garrett Ray. You're not going <laughs> to like it could be the intro that we frame moving forward. The challenging days, the tough talk, Marty. You never know what to expect. So why don't we preface everything with, you're not going to like it. <laughs> We're going to talk about it anyway. There's a couple of like things we have to always make clear. It's unofficial when it comes to shots and shot attempts and goals and assists. Yes. And you're not going to like it often when we decide to uh, speak on many different subjects. Now, that was a great call by Garrett Rank, referee last night. St. Louis had scored a goal and um, it was being reviewed for high six. So when he comes on to the PA announcer, he says, because it's in St. Louis, he says, you're not going to like it, but the call on the ice is good. There's no goal. Now, I want a referee that's going to take it a step further that when being ready to announce to the crowd, because let's see, it's in Buffalo mm -hmm. and you know, something is being challenged or reviewed against the Sabres goal. And he comes on, he goes, get ready to cheer. We got a good goal. Like I want, like that's would be so good. Right? Like I want him to take it to the next step. Okay. So he then needs to do a half victory lap Hulk Hogan style yes, and amp up the crowd. <laughs> Upon further review, and then you start loading the hand, the arm, like, let's go. I want to hear it. You know what's so ridiculous about that was the timing last night of all the games, and so much was happening in real time, so, like, simultaneously, right? Yes. Like, it was, it was amazing and yet challenging to follow everything that was going on. And before this Garrett Rank moment came out, I was actually thinking about reviews and crowd reactions and the significant development that has happened within the game with these reviews, because too often, my opinion, you get people complaining about it's taking too long. And then they forget the back half of the sentence, which is to get it right. Yeah. Okay. So to get it right is still the reason we live in the world we're living in. And what I was watching going game to game last night were abs. And think Buffalo was just in Montreal, right? Yeah. The previous game in Montreal, they had two coaches' challenges. And while they were on the road, think about those moments and how it changed the game, right? Because not once, but two times in succession, they negated Montreal and it gave them this whole new life, right? So anyway, I'm watching last night 
Florida, Carolina, for example, truly unbelievable 0-0 game, right? Yeah. Like it is stunning. It is hockey at its best. The goaltending was off the charts, Kachetkov and Bobrovsky. Florida scores. Now it's under review. When, and very quickly, because it was pretty obvious. Yes. They make the announcement. The cheering, the reaction in the crowd was as good or better than the home team scoring a goal. People are hugging, people are roaring, and I'm like, what is wrong with review? Nothing. Nothing. They got it, they got it right, and so, the whole crowd got to celebrate because they got it right, and they didn't end up leaving the building like they got ripped off Yeah, bad officiating. A hundred percent. Listen, I love like I, I, I love tennis. We talk tennis with Shana Goldman all the time on Friday, but when there's a challenge on the line, the crowd loves it. Like It's like they look at the big screen, and you see the ball land, and you see where it is, and the mark. So... Perfect example to another game in the state of Florida yesterday is Tampa. They're yeah. down 3-1 after two. They score 3-2, 3-3. It's a great game. The building is buzzing. Washington scores right away, like at two minutes later, to make it 4-3. The goal is being challenged for offside by Tampa. So they go and review. It was offside. It comes off the board. Now the building is like, yes, Tampa is going to win. Mm-hmm. didn't happen tampa didn't sucks happen. by the way so they, they do right uh, now yes they do right now and they lost 5-3 to washington but an ov 10 game point streak did not score an empty net goal though i was disappointed set, he set tried up the it. empty netter the unselfish one 30 seconds before he took a 200 foot shot that missed the net by Good about five feet you're not so trying if you're he, not Shooting, yeah. you're not trying. <laughs> you're not trying. But but you're right. Like the review system, I understand that some fans are like, it takes too long. There's times where it takes a long time. Okay. But mm-hmm. when Connor McDavid complained earlier this year, he said it took 15 minutes for them to uh, to decide if it was offside or not. I remember and I timed it from the time the, the referee announced that the play was under review to the time the referee announced that there was no goal on the play. That time when McDavid said it took 15 minutes. It was three minutes and 45 <laughs> seconds. Like, okay, if we have to wait three minutes and 45 seconds for a call to be made, that is the right call. I'll wait the three minutes. How about that? My only question is how long does McDavid think stairway to heaven is? Oh, it's like 27 <laughs> minutes on repeat. What the, that's a, well, I, I'm, I love good exaggeration, but like 15 minutes to make a video of review that's a that's a big time exaggeration oh no that gosh. was a big time ex- maybe it feels like that right because you're well, waiting and it, of course the pace does, of hockey is quick do, right yeah it's not like they're taking the t-shirt gun which maybe is a good marketing opportunity like oh have God. the players get out and shoot t-shirts into the crowd while the review is happening no i see a good marketing duffer you're so smart the play is under review. It should be a three-minute review regardless, okay? Yeah. So that we and open the Zamboni door, get the Sabres crew on the ice, mm-hmm. start doing stuff to the crowd so that they're they're distracted, yes. but you have a two-and-a-half to three-minute like time to do something. Yeah, I do believe there's a way to amp up the atmosphere and do it better. And I do believe that in time, you know, we'll look back and go, eh, that review phase was clunky and it's gotten so much better and better and better. But the point of it is that I don't care about the clunkiness. It's like driving a crap car. Like if it gets to your destination and you trust that it's going to get to your destination, like that that's just what you deal with. Now, 
We, I want we, people to give us ideas at Sabres Live right now. What would you do during a, a offside or a goaltender interference challenge, whatever, review to keep the building going? Like I'm thinking in-house entertainment, like the, you know, like Courtney at the Sabres game would go and have a one-on-one -on -one with a fan. What do you think? What do you see on the play while they show the, the replay on the board to get the fan's opinion, right? They talk about it while it's going on. Like how great would that be? Well, Does someone have to conduct a breathalyzer before that live interview happens? No, the drunker, the better. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, <laughs> we got sidetracked for good reason because yes. of a very unique officiating moment last night from Garrett Rank. However, it is a Sabres game day. And if you would like optimism on this February 23rd, allow us to talk about the standings. Allow us to further the story of Tampa Bay and their fall right now, which is three straight games. And... The fact that the Lightning, as I mentioned the other day, have technically moved themselves into wild card two. Even when they were wild card one, they had a worse percentage points wise than some of the teams behind them. So now the day begins with Buffalo 11 points behind Tampa. But hear me out 11 points out with two games in hand. Okay, so win the two games. So now you're seven points out. You have two games head-to-head, -head, including the final game of the season against Tampa and one next week right after the road crew party. Yeah. That could pull you within three. Are you telling me that in the other 20 games you can't make up three points? Don't tell me that Pittsburgh, by the way, the best goal differential among all these teams chasing mm -hmm. the spots, they won last night four mm -hmm. to one. The Islanders, thank you, Islanders, for showing that you're still the Islanders under Patrick Waugh. They are four, four, and three. Never change, New York. Yeah. The New Jersey Devils got smoked by the Rangers last night. Washington's won three in a row. Tampa's backpedaling, losing three in a row. And Patrick Kane unbelievable OT winner from Larkin. What a thrilling game they had against Colorado. It was old school. It was fantastic. And they won two to one in overtime to hold their spot. But the reality is, Marty, we've been trying to say all along, it's likely going to take this much for Buffalo to get there. And guess what? It still does. A week ago, exactly one week ago, Washington was 11 points. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, can we show the standings again? Washington was 11 points behind Tampa. As yeah, of today, they are five with yeah. three games in hand. <clears throat> Washington's won three in a row. The Lightning lost three in a row. In one week, they made up six points, and they still have three games in hand. Yeah. Like this. Okay. So, but the I, I like, the, I like, I like what you're, you're thinking. I like what you're thinking. I think that's great to be positive the today. They haven't got on a streak. Right. Yeah, they no. still need to get at minimum what Washington has done in the last week, but more likely they need to do it for three straight weeks. And it again needs to start right away tonight in Columbus, which would make it two wins in a row this week. Um, yes. Yeah, so, um, I mean, get on a streak. That means win four, five, or six in a row. And then, okay, let's see what happens, right? I think yep. that's the number one thing. It, it hasn't been done all year, so that's a little concerning. Yep. But you're getting goaltending from Lukanen. Um, He'll start again tonight. He'll start again tonight. The Skinner-Thompson line talk got a little bit better in Montreal. Is this going to take another step forward at Columbus? We know that Tage had a massive game against the Columbus Blue Jackets last year. If mm -hmm. if it's going to be the same thing for Jeff Skinner, feeling good against Montreal, Tage should be feeling good against Columbus. So mm -hmm. you get started that way. Then you have Carolina at home Sunday. Next week, it's Florida Tampa. I mean, there's a lot going on, right? I mean, get four in the next four, and then we'll talk about it. My biggest problem with that, Duffer, is that 
Pittsburgh, New York Devils, and Washington. There's five, there's four teams between Buffalo and Tampa right now. And I get it. I look, you can only worry about the one thing, what you do. Um, but when I see that there's a a crowded, you know, line to get into the club, uh, you know, and you're at the back of the line, it's gonna take a lot longer and a lot more effort to get in. And maybe you gotta maybe you gotta tip the bouncer a little bit more to sneak in, right? And that's really what it comes down to. You you're gonna have to be better than all those teams in the next 26 games to be able to get in. Right. And but the point is is the reason we had projected for so long, you know, now 26 games to go. So 21 and five um, is because you're going to win games against those teams that are ahead of you. The only team Buffalo doesn't play in that cluster is Pittsburgh. They're done in the season series, but everybody else they play. So they can chip away here and not to mention the three games against Detroit, who's not free and clear yet. Right. So there's, that's, that's why if if you're looking at, you know, just the, and again, this level of thinking for me came strictly because of Washington and Tampa last night and what Washington has minimized here in the last seven days. So whatever, we move on from that. And obviously we're looking forward to tonight. We got lots to get into with the Sabres game tonight and with Shana Goldman at the bottom of the hour, because holy cow, like the results from last night and the impact on the standings, not to mention the trade deadline. I mean, that I know this is a recurring theme every day, but like seeing Nashville win the way they did, seeing Calgary win the way they did, seeing Seattle drop Vancouver. Oh, look, Vancouver's goaltending has now joined the ranks of Edmonton the last handful of games, right? Like it's just, it's funny, the ebbs and flows of this. But the Amherst are also in action tonight. And what a special night it's going to be at Blue Cross Arena. Standings-wise, they're one up on Belleville. They're trying to maintain their position in the north and move even higher. But, of course, it's Rory Fitzpatrick night. Yes, they are going to be having uh, Amherst Hall of Fame induction tonight in Rochester, and we can't wait for that. It is, um, you know, someone that you know very well, and I know you're really excited to talk to, Marty, um, as a fellow member of the Amherst Hall of Fame. So uh, why don't we welcome Rory into the show? He, of course, uh, no stranger to these parts and his time in Buffalo, and obviously, as a Rochesterian, a big thrill tonight to be going into the Amherst Hall of Fame. Rory, welcome to the show. It's great to see you, and congratulations on this uh, incredible honor tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. How you doing, Fitzy? Long time no see. What's uh, what's happening with you? Uh, nothing. Uh, enjoying the kids and, uh, you know, watching hockey. Uh, <laughs> what else is there doing winter in Western New York? Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, well, congratulations, number one. This is a great honor to uh, have you go into the Rochester Americans Hall of Fame. But before I talk to you about, you know, your days with the Amherst, um, do you recall the game that we played against, I believe it was the Devils in the Rochester, that was deemed a Fitzpatrick Gionta Bowl back in the days? Like, that was the big, like... You know, Tom Golisano had uh, this idea to put a regular season game in Rochester, and we played there, but it was, the posters were all you and Geo, right? It was the big Rochester, like, natives guys. So uh, how was that for you, uh, that experience to play a regular season NHL game in Rochester? Yeah, that, that was amazing. Obviously, it's something you never thought would come about, right? We don't have an NHL team here in Rochester. Um, so for for that to happen, for it to be against Brian, uh, a, a good friend of mine w- was extra special, but obviously for an opportunity to play an NHL game in my hometown, 
uh, was incredible. And like I said, never, uh, never my wildest dream because you think it could happen with, with there no being no NHL team here in Rochester. Duffer, just so you know, that game, I made 33 saves on 35 two, two. shots, 2-2 two, right. two tie. I was I named the first star. I loved, I loved my time in Rochester, loved that building. So I was first star of the game. Yes. What a, what a night. <laughs> <laughs> Rory, um, how much family will be on hand and uh, to, to celebrate with you tonight, this induction? Oh, I think there'll be close to 200 people. I think I gave out 140 150 tickets and a wow. lot of a lot of people had bought tickets uh prior as soon as that as soon as the announcement was announced a few months ago a bunch of people went out and bought tickets so uh and I've been hearing you know more and more obviously some things have been you know a little widely re uh released this week so uh, I've been getting a lot of texts over the last few days of people coming so who were some of the early influences then I have to assume there's some people that you've known almost the entirety of your life from uh hockey coaching whatever standpoint that 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 helped play a role in developing you into this now soon to be Amherst Hall of Famer yeah I mean obviously when you get to the NHL you get to be a professional athlete there's so many people that have impacts on you and and have influence on you um you know but obviously the easy ones are you know my dad uh, you know, he was the president of the Rochester Lion, Lions Club here in Rochester as a kid. I was on the ice all the time. You know, he he's the one that made the backyard rinks for us. Um, you know, so so you know he's you know obviously an immediate impact. Uh, my brothers, um, you know, uh, I have an older brother and a younger brother that were uh, you know constant supporters and uh, competitors as well. Uh, and then new, numerous and numerous coaches um, and, and, you know, influences around around me growing up. So, you know, there, there's too many to list, um, you know, and then uh, obviously being an Amherst fan growing up. I mean, we grew up in an era here in Rochester that was uh, extra special. We were winning color cups. You had, you know, players that played here. Uh, you know, they weren't necessarily in and out as a development role. They were here to be Rochester Americans for long term. Um, you know, the Jordy Robertsons and, um, you know, Jody Gages of the world. Um, you know, those were those were people in Rochester that we looked up to. So uh, who was your favorite Rochester Americans player when you watched them? Were you focused on defense or was it the guy that could score goals? I doubt that you picked a goalie as your favorite Amherst of all time. <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, it's you're you're wrong, actually. So Jacques Cloutier was one of my Jacques Cloutier. Yes, was one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, and then uh, Jordy Robertson was a big one. You know, he was yeah. the goal scorer here at the time in the, in the early 80s. Um, you know, he was one that, uh, you know, I, I would uh, enjoy going to watch. Um, you know, Val James was another one. Obviously, his presence on the ice was was like no other back in those days. So, um, you know, those are some of the, uh, the names that immediately come to mind. But goal scoring and goalies, uh, you goalies always uh, end up the favorites uh, one way or the other. So you obviously had your, you know, you started your pro career in Fredericton with the Montreal organization. You moved around, came to Buffalo, Rochester, and then you came back towards the end of your career. What was the change like at the end in your role with the team, your leadership? And and I think this is why, to be honest with you, Fitzy, I think this is why you are going to be uh, in, in, inducted in the Hall of Fame for the Amherst tonight because of your role when you came back and the leadership that you brought and and all of that. So what was that for you? Because you're you're quiet guy like you're not the most vocal guy but to have that leadership role later in your career 
Yeah, so obviously that's why I came back. I knew I was no longer an NHL prospect. I wasn't going to be getting called up. And at the time, it was, uh, you know, it was a different period of time here because we were under uh, Florida Florida's uh, watch there for a couple yep. of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I came back to be a mentor. I knew I knew what my role was, and uh, you know, being a 35 year old with 20 to 23 year olds is a is a interesting place to be but you know i enjoyed it uh i think the players enjoyed it and uh you know i was the one that they could uh you know you know talk to ask questions and uh yeah i'm more on the quiet side uh, as far as leadership roles but um you know when they see a 35 year old guy there with with four kids he's first at the rink uh you know he's on the ice um you know hopefully by watching that, uh, you know, I was able to influence some players and and change the way they do things and and the expectation, you know, what it, what what needs to be done as a pro, um, you know. So you know, you, they say your circumstances don't change your responsibilities, and uh, you know, to watch a thirty five year old man come in, uh, oftentimes trailing his kids with him, uh, you know, to get the job done, you know, hopefully I was able to influence some uh, some players while I was here. It's the best daycare isn't it? Having the kids at the rink. <laughs> it, it, it is. And I, I was there, uh, I was there on Wednesday. I hadn't been in the locker room in years and my God, if I had the facilities they had now, I don't know if my kids would have ever left there with the shooting room and the video room downstairs. Yeah. I think they would have had them, you know, move me out of that place. Um, you know, we, we made the best of it with the kids while they were there and the facilities we had, but you know, right now, you know, if, if I was there now, I could see my kids being there, uh, you know, longer than uh they they really should be so um if you were there now you'd be a player coach you'd have dual responsibilities (laughs) that's what you do (laughs) that's right yeah so uh you know i think uh you know i I was so impressed with the facilities that they have there now uh compared to what we have but um you know bringing my kids to the rink uh you know was definitely a reason i kept playing um you know for them to have that opportunity was special for me rory your community involvement was acknowledged four times in the last five years of your time with the Amherst, I believe, you know, for going above and beyond in the community. Was there um, any connections you made with, you know, various programs in the city that, that really, really, really meant so much at the time and, and give you an overwhelming sense of pride even today? Yeah, I think uh, childhood cancer was a big one for me. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, I did a lot of work with them. I worked with a lot of teenagers in that, you know, that age group and just learning some of the challenges that they go through that you don't even think of, uh, you know, proms and, and different things. And, uh, uh, you know, a girl going to the prom in a dress with her, uh, you know, pump in her chest and, you know, just the, the challenges that you don't even think of as a, as a, you know, healthy uh, human being. So, you know, that's one of the bigger ones. Galisano Children's Hospital, uh, another one, um, you know, that I did a bunch of work with. And and I did a lot of uh, library uh, readings and school readings. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously any chance you get to work with kids and, and have a positive impact in their life is, uh, you know, is always special. Uh, have you prepared a speech? And the reason why I'm saying that is because you're going to set the tone. When I was inducted in the Amherst Hall of Fame, the Amherst won 12 to 3 that night. <laughs> I set the tone with my speech. So have you prepared your speech? Have you rehearsed your speech? And do you think you're going to get the boys fired up? 
Um, probably not. I, I, you know, my speech is rehearsed. It's terrible. Uh, you, you're, you're mentioned in it. Uh, my first game in Rochester, uh, with the Worcester ice cats, I had a goal and an assist and first star. So, oh, and you, okay, good. And you, and you were in goal. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to have an opportunity to go talk to the players beforehand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they wanted me to read a starting lineup, but, you know, I'm no PK Subban or uh, Biz Nasty doing that. So <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to pump them up that way. But, you know, hopefully be able to share some history of the Amherst and get them excited. And, you know, for, for a lot of players playing in the minors is a, is a tough time, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. wants to be in the NHL. But, you know, I think when you play for the Rochester Americans, there's there's a little extra there that there's history uh, you know, the players and the coaches that have come through there is is amazing. And, and you don't get that in a lot of AHL cities. So, you know, teams in, are in and out. And, you know, besides Hershey and a couple other teams, um, Rochester's in a class of its own as far as a minor league uh, the hockey team. Yep. We will be watching online as we will be in studio doing Sabres tonight uh, simultaneously, Rory. But uh, we look forward to that speech, especially now knowing Marty's getting mentioned. And uh, obviously, congratulations to you and your family. This is uh, just a wonderful crowning achievement tonight. Thank you for the time today. Thank you guys for having me. And Marty, thanks for the kind words. I was sent your video yesterday. And uh, to keep it under three minutes for you is uh, quite impressive. So I, I was told 30 seconds it. and it was a minute 45. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good luck tonight, Rory. Congrats again. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, there he is. Rory Fitzpatrick. And obviously, big night in Rochester for him, for his family, and for all those he's been connected with over the decades. And I say that because he truly lived it as a kid, being a huge fan of this organization, the first Rochesterian to be going in you know, after growing up in the city and watching it all unfold. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful story. And the Amherst, of course, hope to get back in the win column tonight as the Sabres try to continue to win tonight in Columbus. And then if they can bank one tonight, they come home on Sunday. And we want to encourage you to be there for Choose Love Night, which is on Sunday. It's part of Black History Month. And obviously, taking on the Canes, 6 o'clock start. It's a really great opportunity to celebrate um, African-American community, highlight Black-owned businesses throughout Western New York. You know, you can go to sabers.com slash tickets to purchase tickets for the game, but really indulge in this latest Level Up initiative, which is designed to put local, um, smaller uh, Black-owned businesses in the community in a far more visible way. In an arena, 16, 17, 18,000. There's a wonderful piece on the unveiling of, of this initiative on sabers.com right now um, from a few days ago. And just the you know, opportunity for businesses moving forward here, Marty, just to, yep. um, you know, it, it's, it's about representation. It's about having, as was said often in the press conference, having a seat at the table. There, there is a lot of growth to happen in our community. The new football stadium being a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And when those doors open and what businesses you will find in the stadium. And so these incredible local initiatives are really trying to elevate all businesses to be in a position to understand what it takes to be in an arena, to be in a stadium, to allow your businesses to be there and have a massive presence in the community. And I'm really excited for, for how, you know, a night like this, and it's, it's four consecutive home games where a couple of different businesses will be represented and on location 
in the con the hundred level concourse. Um, and again, you can find out more at sabers.com. And of course, uh, just the, the energy alone, um, I think will be wonderful on Sunday night, not to mention a very, very, very worthy opponent. And Holy cow, last night, Carolina, Florida, Marty. Oh, what a game like this hurricanes yeah. team. I know we're talking about the Leafs right now, rolling six in a row and the Rangers winning nine in a row. But the the and the Panthers just having their six game winning streak come to an end last night at the hands of Carolina. But holy cow, are they good? They are so good. Yeah, and uh, Carolina now that they are um, healthier, um, they can you know kind of pack the offense that uh, you know was lacking earlier in the season. And I think that that's why there was so much emphasis on. Well, the goaltending in Carolina, because it was Ranta, Anderson. Anderson has the blood clots. Ranta gets sent down. Kachekov had a struggle at the start of the year. But now, you know, they're getting the goaltending, obviously, but they also have got the offense buzzing. And it was Sebastian Howe last night that uh, scored his 21st late, late in the game, 19 seconds left. Um, there's been a lot of 0-0 games or one nothing games in the history of the NHL that were boring. And I'm going to say it. Like, it's not fun to go to a game when it's 0-0. That game yesterday between Florida and Carolina was the same energy as a 9-9 game mm -hmm. with the, less, the, less the pressure or the stress that every shot's going to go in. You knew that every great chances were going to get stopped because the goalies were so good, but there was great chances to be had in the game too. Like it was, oh, it was fantastic. I don't have, you know what? I'm really big on, I, and we talk about it, expected goals all the time. Yeah. So let me just pull it up quickly here because I want to see what the expected goals were last night in this game. Uh, Carolina expected goals were two and a half and Florida were three. So it was decent for a zero zero game. It wasn't like one to one, right? It was mm -hmm. supposed to be a, a three, two game, maybe a four, two game in the end, empty net, whatnot. And it ended up being a one, nothing. Yeah. And Ajo had the best chance minutes earlier and defied physics with the miss that he had like he was in the blue paint redirecting it into an open net I and it, it went behind Bobrovsky and out the other side and he was stunned that he had missed only to then be presented with that opportunity to score the winner with under 20 seconds to go uh so much NHL news to get to and speculation of course with Shana Goldman from The Athletic next on Sabres Live. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.